Hey everybody, welcome again to F This Movie, the official podcast of FThisMovie.com. Movie love for movie lovers. My name is Patrick Bromley and I'm super excited for this week's show. It is our last proper pre-scary movie month show so we thought it would be fun to have a pre-scary movie month episode i am joined for this very special episode by adam risky hey adam hey man how you doing i am doing okay how are you i'm feeling spooky (laughs) um i have been as is often my way and i know as is your way watching a lot of horror movies pre-october as soon as the weather changed uh, that was it. I was done. And as soon as Count Chocula was on the shelves, I had to start <laughs> eating Count Chocula. And I don't have my Halloween stuff up yet. We haven't uh, taken that plunge. I think that's next weekend. But uh, you've had yours up for a while, right? I took it down and I'm going to put it back up <laughs> because I wanted down. The, Yeah, I wanted, I wanted the feeling of like a season kicking off Got as it. opposed to just like, hey, it's been... It just turned into like not meaning Halloween and just meaning like how long has quarantine lasted? Right. Yeah, that makes so, sense. Yeah. So but, when do you, uh, when do you put it back it. up? Mm-hmm. Sorry, what did you say? When do you put it back up? I think I'll put it back up uh, next weekend. Too. Okay, that sounds good. Yeah, that's yeah. when we're doing ours. So yeah. Um, yeah. So the week uh, that Scary Movie Month starts, Scary Movie Month kicks off on a. Thursday, so we will not have our usual Wednesday episode uh, that week. We'll have our podcast on Thursday because it will kick off, of course, with our annual Scary Movie Month commentary, which hopefully everyone is looking forward to. I think it's going to be a good one. Uh, Of course, it'll be our first one recorded remotely, which is a slight change, but hopefully that doesn't uh, stand in the way of the fun that we always have recording that show. It's always a highlight for me. Is for me too. I have a question though, and I'm not revealing anything. But should I? I've never seen that movie. Should I watch it before? Before you record the commentary? Yeah. I really think you could go either way. Like, part of me thought we'll give it a few days so everyone can catch up with it, and then part of me thought, no, there's no point. You might as well just experience <laughs> it for the first time, uh, recording the commentary. So. Whatever you are more comfortable with, it might be a funny bit if you're seeing it for the first time when we record. I think I might do it that way. Yeah. Because I don't have, like, a super vested interest in, like, sitting down and taking it seriously. (laughs) And there's literally nothing to be gained. Right. Yeah. It's not like, oh, now you won't be able to follow the story. So. Mm -hmm. And by the way, the movie we're talking about is White Boy Rick. That's correct. Yeah. You're watching White Boy Rick. But it's the spooky edition. (laughs) WBR, yo. Um, So we've got some stuff that we're going to be talking about. But uh, before we get to that, Adam, have you seen anything good lately? Uh, Yeah. So to start off with the good stuff, I I started to watch horror movies maybe a little later than usual. So I I had one night where I'm like, I'm going to put up my Halloween lights around my TV and like turn off all the lights and just watch a horror movie. And I chose your next because I haven't seen that in a really long time. And it had a weird effect on me this time because it felt almost like a high school reunion where these people like meant so much to me back like (laughs) 10 years ago. And I thought it was going to be like the new wave of horror. And it kind of was for a little while, but then, 
Um, I thought the mumblecore horror thing was going to maybe last a bit longer than it did. So now going back, you know, I was texting you at a certain points during the movie where I'm like, what's Ty West doing and things like that. So um, it was a, it was still, you know, a fun experience, but it was also weirdly akin to just like catching up with old friends in a way that I wasn't expecting. That makes sense. I haven't watched that movie in a couple of years. Does it hold up as well as it did? I know all the beats, so it okay. it kind of feels a little bit like checking boxes, but it's still fun. Yeah. Yeah, I really like it. And it's kind of the movie that brought Barbara Crampton back. Yeah. For yeah, which she... we will forever be grateful. Exactly. Yeah, that and Sunchoke and Beyond the Gates and a whole slew of other stuff. Yeah, she's worked pretty nonstop ever since, but that was mm. kind of the the one that opened the floodgates. Yeah, and it's so cool how she's like this ambassador for the genre now. Yeah, as yeah. well as being the nicest person alive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and then I also watched Tales from the Crypt 1972, the Amicus one. Ooh, I like that one. Yeah, it's good. I, I don't think that there's a weak segment in that one. Um, I don't remember what the segments are, except for Joan Collins and the, and and Santa. You got Santa. You got one where a guy's cheating on his wife and he gets into a car accident and then comes back from the dead. Yes, that is a good one. Um, there is the uh, one with Peter Cushing, where he's the nice old hermit man. Mm. And the neighbors are want him off of uh, okay. their neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there is the one with the monkey's paw. Okay. And then my favorite one is the one with Patrick McNee, where he's uh, in the Home for the Blind that's run by, like, the military officer. Okay, I remember that one, too. I, yeah. I confuse the segments with the ones in Vault of Horror or any other Amicus anthology. There's so many yeah. Amicus anthologies that sometimes they run together. But, yeah, those are all good. Yeah, it was it was just kind of what I wanted in terms of, like, kicking off a scary movie month early. Yeah. Um, also, I got a little bit inspired to watch Tales from the Crypt because – I'm on Zoom calls all the time for work, and there's one guy on a Zoom call that I have. It's like a biweekly standing meeting, and he always, like, looks up at the ceiling, sort of, like, while he's thinking and talking at the same time. And it reminded me of Patrick McNee in Clockwork Orange when he finds out that Malcolm McDowell's in his bathtub. <laughs> and then I'm just like, I need to watch a Patrick McNee movie. That is a roundabout way of getting to Tales from the Crypt. Yeah. Yeah, well, I don't know. Like I said, Clockwork Orange is a young man's movie. I don't need to go back to it anymore. And you didn't want to go The Howling because that movie genuinely scares you. I will go back to it in October because I have it. It's actually literally on the top of my Blu-ray stack. I have a double disc with The Fog, so I will watch both of them. All right, I'm excited for this. Yes, yeah, but Robert Picardo is my Freddy Krueger. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then I watched the new Mulan on yes. uh, Disney Plus. Thank goodness somebody did, so we can cover it on the show. Yeah, um, it's not good. And <laughs> damn it! Yeah, I, I don't know. It feels almost like you know how they had that run of like Wuxia movies, like in the yeah. early two thousands. It almost feels like. What what's the name of those epic movie disaster movie guys? Good question. Friedberg and Seltzer? 
It feels like almost like the Friedberg and Seltzer version of one of those movies at times. Interesting. In what way? It's just so played out. And um, I know that it's doing really poorly in China. And that's what Disney was banking on it, you know, doing really, really well. And they kind of catered the whole movie around uh, making money in that market. Um, And I heard that Chinese audiences think that it's, like a dumb American <laughs> approximation of like their own culture. And that's, and so they're like just rejecting it outright. And it kind of feels like that in a way it's very generic. There's not enough music, even score really. Um, and there's just, there's stuff in the, in it where you see the scene and you're like, Oh no. Oh, like this is a bad choice or, it's got all the earmarks of like the Maleficent movie where it doesn't like have, you know, weird, you know, scenes where it's like, you know, it feels like, you know, Maleficent was sexually assaulted or anything like that. It doesn't have that thankfully, but um, just every wrong choice in a movie. And that's what it feels like. So it's not as bad as Lion King or, but it's maybe about as bad as Aladdin. Really? Yikes. Yeah. Yeah, I was not a fan. I was not a fan of Aladdin, and this really did look like the first one of these that was going to be good. Yeah. Based on I the trailer that I saw. I rewatched the trailer after I saw the movie, and they did a great job of selling the movie because <sighs> that is not what's on screen. <laughs> I decided to wait after you saw it and weren't crazy about it, and some of the early reviews were maybe tepid. I decided to wait because I had heard, well, it's going to hit Disney Plus just for the regular subscribers, I think, the first week of December. And I thought, well, I can wait two months to see it if it's not going to be great. You know, if people were like, best movie of the year, I think we would have gone ahead and pulled the trigger on it. But yeah. um, same with Antebellum. I've been holding off on I, – I really wanted to see Antebellum, but the reviews were like, this is the worst movie of the year. So I decided not to spend the $20 to rent it because I'm guessing it will be at a red box by the end of the year. Yeah, like, yeah, when I was starting to read the reviews, it was basically like, you'll love this if your favorite movie is The Life of David Gale. Or something. <laughs> it's, like, it, it's just like, this isn't only bad, but this is, re- like, reprehensible. And I'm just like, I don't need to pay $20 to learn what's reprehensible about Antebellum. Yeah, I mean, part of me is curious about, because I haven't even read a review. I haven't watched a trailer. I just knew there's this horror movie called Antebellum. Um, and I wanted to see it, and what's her name is in it? I can't remember her name. Janelle right. Monet. <laughs> Janelle Monet, thank you. Yeah. Um, and but, so the little that I've seen is like people talking about it on Twitter, right? Critics, you know, posting their reviews and giving a one line synopsis of their review or something like that, and calling it the worst movie of the year. And a lot of reviews are citing um, a twist, and I again, I I feel like I know what the twist is, despite not having read a review or seen a trailer, or even really knowing what the premise of the movie is. I still feel like I might know what the twist of this is. Um, so I want to see the movie just to test out if my theory is correct. Do you think the twist is the twist from the village? That is the the one that I'm thinking. Yes. Yeah, that, I I kind of got that vibe too. 
I don't know why that is, right? Having been exposed to very little material from the movie, and yet I was like, oh, it's probably the same twist as the one in the village. We shall see. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And speaking of new movies, I sort of saw Tenet. Oh, that's right. Yes. Kind of. Sort of. (laughs) You saw it projected on the side of a building the way Christopher Nolan intended. I did. So I'll give a little more context of that. Um, I was bored and really wanted, I was really jonesing for like a new movie in theaters and our drive-in that's the closest to where both you and I live is only showing repertory. And um, I saw that one of the Marcus theaters about 30 minutes away was showing Tenet in their parking lot on a screen projected on the side of a building. (laughs) I said, sure, it's going to be just like, you know, if we were to go to like the Sears Center screenings or something like that, like surely though, it'll be like professional enough to watch the movie, even though it's not a true drive-in. Like a pop-up drive-in. Like It'll at least be as good as a pop-up drive-in. Right. Thank you. Yeah. So um, I get there and I'm waiting for them to kind of open up the, the part of the parking lot where they're showing the movie And it's like right next to a bar with like outdoor music. And I'm like, this could be a problem. And it was. So you kind of had like Charlie Daniels band, like bleeding into your movie (laughs) a little bit. Um, And then I was there. There was like a production or a projection, I guess, like booth or shed that they were projecting the movie out of. And like I was parked basically like front and center to watch the movie on like a really tiny screen and it was hard to see exactly kind of what was going on most of the time at the, at the very least you couldn't like fully embrace the visuals, the uh, kind of pleasures of the movie. Yeah. It felt a lot like watching the movie on like the back of an, an airplane seat. (laughs) Um, I didn't have any problems with the sound mix because I was listening to it on a portable AM FM radio. So I don't think that I got any like the THX noise bleed or anything. Um, so maybe that's the way to see it. <laughs> um, but what I could tell it was, it was, I was so down on the movie before I saw it that like I was pleasantly surprised. Although I don't think that it's a good story i think it's 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 the type of movie where if you watch it and just kind of appreciate it from you know an action set piece standpoint and like the the, the score is really really good it's not hans zimmer it's uh ludwig Gor- Gorenson who did black panther and creed and i think it's like one of my favorite scores of nolan of a nolan movie cool um so from it's kind of like that standpoint, like a technical standpoint, I sort of enjoyed it, but it was hard to really get into because as I was watching, you know, the opening sequence is like this giant, you know, set piece inside like an opera house. And I'm like, I am so like disconnected from this right now. Um, It was almost like a big tease. So I do want to see it, but I'm going to wait until Blu-ray. Yeah. I think that's how I'm going to be seeing it as well. I Again, don't even know the premise of the movie. Uh, didn't watch a trailer. I saw that opening opera house sequence because they showed it before Star Wars. Okay. I don't remember I didn't what, have it with my screening. Yeah, I don't remember what movie they showed it before, but they showed it before something. 
And so I have seen that opera house sequence where a bunch of people disappear and I don't know what, I don't can't remember what else happens, but that's all I know about the movie. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, and I was kind of looking forward to it cause I'm curious about a new Christopher Nolan movie, even though I haven't liked one in a decade now. I think we talked about this already. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm glad that it's better than you expected it to be. Yeah. I think I would probably like it like I like Black Hat because I heard that from somebody on Twitter that this is Christopher Nolan's Black Hat okay. and I when I watched the movie I was just like yeah if you're kind of into like the overkill style elements of that director like this is something for you and I because I was so I I think the the plot is just so you know, you just throw your hands up. You're like, I don't even know what you want me to think of any of this stuff. It like forces you just to focus on the filmmaking and like the action. And from that standpoint, I really enjoyed it. I think that if I actually paid attention to the plot, I might enjoy it a little less. I had read an article that kind of talked about how Tenet is actually actively harming the movie theater industry because so many of them, you know, opened in order to show it basically because that was at a, sort of at Christopher Nolan's insistence and are losing money because the movie isn't performing very well given everything that's going on, not because of the quality of the movie necessarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it's, you know, costing so much for them to operate that they're all losing money in order to show Tenet. Yeah, I and they're in for a rough road because there's all these new releases are moving down the calendar into next year and back out of September and October. So I don't know. I mean, like, are they just going to like run new mutants till November? I mean, it's kind of a a perilous situation for them as a business. Cause bond is the next big one on the calendar, right? They got like death on the Nile and then bond. So bond is the next big one on the calendar, right? (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I haven't seen the trailer for Death on the Nile either, but I did see Murder on the Orange Express, and I cannot remember it. Right. Yeah, I remember I saw that with Mark on, and I fell asleep, and Mark also fell asleep and <laughs> at different points. And when I fell asleep, I spilled popcorn all over him, and he didn't wake up. <laughs> <laughs> didn't somebody, when that movie came out, do a mashup of the trailer where it's like, my name is Hercule Poirot, and then they did turn down yeah. for what it was like turn down for what x gonna give it to you and <laughs> with the sickness it was great better than anything in uh murder on the orient express which is a that fine is movie true. by the way yeah that's true yeah tenet is such a weird movie to pin the hopes of film exhibition on because yeah. when i watched it i'm just like this is almost designed to be a love it or hate it movie like it's not wonder woman 84 where it's kind of like the general consensus is that it would get like an a minus cinema score at minimum because it delivers exactly what you think it will yeah so i don't know what they were thinking um but if christopher nolan forced warner brothers hand on this one which is what it sounds like i would i would not be happy if i were warner brothers (sighs) boy i did watch the wonder woman 84 trailer just because i wanted to see what cheetah looked like yeah and uh you know sure 
<laughs> I was yeah. just curious, you know, the casting of Kristen Wiig as she died was so fascinated by that I wanted to see, like, is this going to play straight or is this going to be funny? And I still haven't decided. I'm getting Edward Nigma vibes from her. <laughs> Edward Nigma. E. Nigma. <laughs> yeah. The world's My greatest Batman. detective just put it together. He did. That's why it's the best Batman movie. <laughs> Um, and then I saw, uh, white man's burden. <laughs> you sure did. Was um, this just like filling a Travolta gap? Yeah. I'm trying to watch one Travolta movie a month until I'm finished with okay. his filmography. So next month I've got the devil's reign, which is his movie debut. And it's this horror movie with like Ernest Borgnine from 1975. I like that movie. You, you like it? You said I do. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. It's a fun yeah, one. I'm looking forward to it. It's on Amazon Prime. Um, a lot of people melting. But yeah, White Man's Burden is like, it's everything I heard. It's everything that Siskel and Ebert said that it was I re- uh, back in 95, which was that it's got a really good premise. But then once John Travolta kidnaps Harry Belafonte, it turns into just a hostage movie. And it like kind of forgets about its premise, which is true. And... I kept noticing how similar White Man's Burden was to other Travolta movies. So there's like a scene where Harry Belafonte like is unconscious and like John Travolta has to resuscitate him. (laughs) (laughs) And then there's um, a scene where, and then like, it's kind of like face off, but it's like race off. Oh, nicely done. Yeah. Cause they like flip that whole thing where, yeah, the African American community is, it, and that's another thing. It's like they they kind of make it so like everybody is one thing, and then everybody is another thing, and there's no people like in the middle, which doesn't make any sense. So it's kind of a flawed. It's an interesting premise, but kind of a flawed premise too. Um, it's almost worth watching just because there's this monologue while they're at like a outdoor hamburger stand where they're talking about salt and and ketchup and french fries. And you can tell this is like the screenwriter being like, I've been saying this for years and I got to put it in my (laughs) script. And um, what what it is, is um, Harry Belafonte's like, hey, John Travolta, why why do you put the salt in your ketchup and not on your fries? And then Travolta says, if you put it on the fries, it doesn't stick. But if you put it in the ketchup, you can control how much salt is on your French fry. And he says French fry like French fry. Oh, that's going to upset me. Yeah. and When I never it, see this movie. And then, and then Harry Belafonte's like, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's not easily uh, avail- or readily available. I watched it on randomly on screen picks which is, I think, like a Stars Encore station. So if you have that, you can check it out in the next few days. I think it's still on there. How did White Man's Burden not revolutionize the way that we consume French fries? I, ooh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I really I thought it. it would. I really thought it would change things. Is there a scene where, like, Harry Belafonte has been held hostage all night, and then it's morning, and he's like, "John Travolta, daylight come." Me want to go home. <laughs> yeah, there is actually. <laughs> okay, good. And then, then I will see White Man's Burden. 
And then Harry Belafonte's like, your baby's been talking all night. <laughs> and he's like, who's talking? And he's like, look, who's talking? Uh, French fries. Oh, another movie this is like is Mad City because he's like a hostage Which guy. I also now. haven't seen. You're fine. Mad City is like, it's like Mad City, Hero. There's like all these movies from like the 90s where it's just like, we got Hoffman. This movie's going to win yeah. Oscars. And then no one saw that. <laughs> I saw Hero in theaters. Oh, wow. I couldn't tell you why it was a divorce movie. But I remember wanting to see Mad City and wanting to see White Man's Burden because I was like, John Travolta, he's a serious actor. He's a he's a, he's a a movie star. And I like him because I liked him in Pulp Fiction. So therefore, I should want to go see all of his movies. Um, I'm glad you brought up Pulp Fiction because... Quentin Tarantino is thanked in the credits of White Man's Burden because, according to IMDb trivia, he urged John Travolta to take the part in White Man's Burden. Interesting. Yeah. And uh, was it like I, when I was like when Schwarzenegger urged Stallone to make Stop or My Mom Will Shoot? Maybe I don't know why he would be mad at John Travolta, <laughs> but that could have been the case. Um, the movie opens with a very good cover of uh, Sweet Dreams, Baby, that Roy Orbison song, Dream Dream Baby, what's it called? Uh, in Dreams? In Dreams, yeah. The name um, of I, a very popular movie with Robert Downey Jr. and Annette Benning. This is true. Um, it's a very good cover, and I'm just like, man, who is this? This is really good. And I looked it up, and it was Hootie and the Blowfish. <laughs> Quarantine has been going on for too long. Yeah, and then on the end credits, I looked at, like, the soundtrack. The soundtrack for White Man's Burden is stacked. With There's artists a lot of, good bands of, on there. of Hootie Caliber or actual good bands? I think actually good bands. I can't remember who they were, but, yeah, at least Hootie quality. Wow, that's not, a, that's not an endorsement. No, no. So, White Man's Burden, everybody. Um, I've got... Let's see. What else do I have? Left? I got the devil's reign left. I got moment by moment left. Perfect. Two of a kind. She's so lovely. I saw that in theaters. How is it? I don't remember. Okay. It's a lot of Sean Penn acting. Yeah. Uh, Criminal activities, which was a DTV. Um, and a few others. You're in for some rough road. Oh, yeah. Lucky numbers, which I know you didn't like. No, but it's... <laughs> Interesting. John Travolta is so spectacularly miscast. There's a really yeah. good blank check episode on that with Alex okay. Ross Perry. I didn't yeah. listen to all of the Nora Ephron series, but I made sure to listen to that one. I'm well. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. it's on Prime right now. You should watch it before it disappears. I watched like five minutes of it at one point. Some some at some point in my life, and I remember that he had his own private booth at Denny's. Yeah. That is correct. Good uh, good Bill Pullman performance. I did not know he was in that. He's like a fun surprise. Okay. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. He's always a fun surprise, that Bill Pullman. <laughs> he is. Yeah. What, did, what have you been watching? Well, I've watched mostly horror. Um, so I think all of my picks are horror picks. The other night we did a family movie night and we watched Little Monsters because Vestron had just put it out on Blu-ray. Wow. And I hadn't seen it since probably 1990 when it was on HBO all the time. I yeah, have to admit, I never was crazy about it. 
uh, and I rewatched it, and it turns out I was right. It's not a very good movie. Uh, it's one of those movies where it's like I could see loving it if you loved it as a kid. Yeah. But if you don't have nostalgia for it now, I don't think there's much there because the premise is kind of cool. This idea that it's Monsters, Inc., basically, you know, the idea that their monsters are real and they hide under your bed and there's a whole secret world that exists. Um and Fred Savage goes to Medellin. Fred, yeah, exactly. Medellin. Isn't that what it's called? Don't you mean Midian? Midian. Medellin is the show from Entourage. Exactly. <laughs> Midian. Different Midian. movie. Midian. What's it called? Midian. Midian. Thank yes, you. he goes to Midian. Fred Savage playing a pretty unlikable kid. Uh, it's Fred Savage. Yeah. I, uh, Howie Mandel doing a thing where, like, it reminded me kind of, of of Robin Williams, may he rest in peace, in a lot of movies, is always doing something that's, in quote fingers, funny, but it's none of it's ever funny. That's Howie Mandel in Little Monsters. He reminds me of, like, it's like PG-13 Trickster from Brain Scan. Maybe. I was thinking unfunny Beetlejuice. Yeah, that's probably what they were going for because yeah. BrainScan wasn't out yet. <laughs> Unless, you know, they predicted Monsters, Inc. Maybe they also predicted BrainScan. Mm-hmm. Didn't, like, somebody pee in apple juice in that movie? Yeah, Howie Mandel. Yeah. Puts cat food in that. a tuna fish sandwich and pees in apple juice. Um, Frank Whaley shows up near the end of the movie as a truly disturbing character named Boy. I don't remember him. He ha- it, That's a real Nightbreed situation. He just has, like... He's, like, the main bad guy. He has, like, a human face pulled over a monster face. I thought Rick Dukeman was the main villain. Rick Dukeman is kind of the number two. We see a lot more of Rick Dukeman. Oh. But he works for Boy. Gotcha. Yeah. I'm Googling a picture of Frank Whaley from Little Monsters. Okay. Um, yeah I just wasn't I mean it was fine the kids were into it but I was like oh this movie's not great and it's another one of those movies that just makes you watch the directorial choices and a lot of them feel wrong in terms of the editing or the shot composition or like even some of the songs that they use over the montages like don't have the right energy that you should have for a montage it does end with one of erica's favorite talking head songs so i guess it has that going for it they must have spent a lot of money on the talking heads music road to nowhere road to nowhere yeah i haven't okay i just see a picture of this of frank whaley i don't remember this at all did i just turn the movie off before it ended oh it's possible yeah i don't know crazy Um, yeah, so Little Monsters, you know, not, not great. Uh, Mm -hmm. but again, I, I was never super into it, which is weird because it would seem like a movie that I would be totally into at that age. I mean, I was probably 12 or 13 when I saw it and like, I would think that that would be a good age to see that movie and want to believe that, you know, monsters are real and want to be my friend. But for whatever reason, I never got into it and I'm still not really into it as an adult. Yeah. Um, I rewatched Blair Witch. Oh. Yeah. I thought of that when you said you watched your next. Um, I'd only seen it the one time opening weekend. And the truth of it is, I'm not the guy to ask because I realized in rewatching it 
that found footage is just so not my thing. Like, I cannot get into the aesthetic. I cannot get into it as a storytelling device. Uh, um, I remember talking to someone once, I think it was Brad Miska from Bloody Disgusting, about a found footage movie. And I know he had been a big fan of Blair Witch. He was an early champion of that movie. But he said something to the effect of like, oh, found footage is so my jam. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. So there are people that this works for. I'm just not one of them. Um, having said that, it was a lot better than I remembered it being. It's pretty relentless. Like, once it gets going, it pretty much keeps going. It tries to keep throwing shit out there. I don't think a lot of it works. There's a whole thing about, like, a time loop, or not even a time loop, but a time delay that if you're in this circle like time outside the circle pass it's like it's only been 40 minutes but outside the circle it's been four days um so it's trying all these interesting things it wants to be scary which i appreciate i definitely liked it more than i remembered liking it because i think at the time i was like oh it's it's they just copy the original blair witch but you know they have drones and it's better than that. That was probably too dismissive. Um, but I can't I think. A, yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna say, I think a problem too was, you know, you and I, we were watching it coming off of like your next and the guest. And it just wasn't nearly as good as those two also. No, I wouldn't say that it is. Um, yeah, I guess I was excited to that this idea of Adam Wingard doing a sequel to the Blair Witch Project um, yeah, I mean, I can't totally recommend it, but if you are somebody who, you know, kind of likes found footage and haven't seen it yet, see it. Cause like I said, it's, it's better than I gave it credit for being the first time, even if I'm still not crazy about it. Yeah. I might rewatch it. I was going to rewatch, uh, Blair Witch 2 Book of Shadows also. That's another one. That. Yeah. I don't think I've seen that since the theater. Yeah. I haven't seen that since like 2000 or 2001. Um, Erica and I watched Christine because she had never seen it. And that was on her list of stuff she wants to watch this October rather than wait till October. We just got started right away. Mm -hmm. Um, Christine is a movie I like better every time I see it. Yeah. I've only seen it one time. It's good. I still will. I still maintain that it's missing and I have not read the book. That's one of the Stephen Kings that I have not read. Uh, I will maintain that it's kind of missing a middle section where we kind of watch Arnie go from nice guy to creep it. Mm -hmm. The switch just kind of gets flipped. And once he has Christine, he turns into this sort of like zombie, like creepy guy. Um, and we kind of miss watching him change which I think would make the movie more effective to see him sort of succumb to this power of this car. Uh, it just kind of happens off screen. Other than that, um, I think Keith Gordon's performance in the movie is so good. I don't know if we're going to do our, our great horror performances column this year. We might, but if we do, I might write about Keith Gordon and Christine cause he's awesome. Nice. If we do that, I know who I'm picking this Ooh, year. Ooh, fun. I'll ask you off mic. Okay. Um, did Erica like it? She did. Yeah, she really liked it. I think, you know, it's got a lot of 
things that kind of speak to her, especially the John Carpenter score, which is like, yeah, I won't say it's one of his best scores, but it's one of his most listenable scores for me. Yeah. 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 That's one I want to rewatch. I, I have it on a four movie disc with the blob 88 fright night and the seventh sign. Oh, and I wow. keep meaning to watch the seventh sign, but the other three choices are so good. Yeah. That, like I'll never watch the seventh. It's, it's a solid three out of four there. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen the seventh sign in a long time. Maybe it's way better than I remember, but I can't imagine it's on par with those other three. Yeah. But you're a big Jurgen proc now completist. I really am. Uh, yeah, I got nowhere to go with that. Uh, Editor in chief, Jurgen Prock now completed. <laughs> uh, I watched on Netflix the Babysitter Killer Queen. How'd that go? You know, not great. <laughs> Mick G's follow up to the Babysitter, a movie I also didn't really like. What the Babysitter had going for it was a great lead performance by Samara Weaving. What the babysitter killer queen is missing is a great lead performance by Samara <laughs> Weaving. Uh, it's all the stuff I didn't like about the babysitter minus Samara Weaving. Um, I found it to be shrill and obnoxious and very self-satisfied. There's some decent gore uh, and some not decent gore. Um, yeah, I was not a fan of it. That sucks. Did you see The Babysitter, the original one? No. Okay. You're fine. I mean, I wouldn't recommend doing that, doing that but uh, like I said, at least you get a Samara Weaving in there. Yeah. This movie, you don't get that. I mean, you kind of do, but I, I wouldn't. I don't want to spoil anything. Okay. And finally, I rewatched Three from Hell because, of course, I did. Uh, <laughs> three from hell maybe is going to be my new water world where I have to realize that, Hey, the fact that you want to watch this all the time means you like it and water world all the time. How many times have you seen it now? Three from hell. Yeah. Five. Whoa. <laughs> so, now some of that, okay. some of that was because I wrote a thing about cherry moon zombie last year. Yeah. And so I had to watch it, I think twice. So once in theaters, twice for Sherry Moon Zombie, and then twice just because. And mm -hmm. uh, again, Waterworld now, especially with the Ulysses cut, I will make the argument that, no, it's actually good. It's not a thing that is maybe not great, but I still want to watch. It's actually a really good movie. Uh, Three from Hell, I don't know that I will ever make that argument, but it's a movie I find very watchable. So what you're saying is it's one of the two best movies of the past two years. Correct. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a masterpiece. Uh, no, it's not, you know, one of Rob Zombie's top three movies, I would say. But I find it to be very watchable. A big part of that has to do with Sherry Moon Zombie, who obviously I have a big crush on, mostly because of her relationship with Rob Zombie and how she reminds me of Erica. And there's all these factors that play into my love of their love uh, mm -hmm. and reminding, you know, it reminding me of my own relationship with my wife. And, uh, but I also legitimately love her performance in three from hell. I think she's really, really terrific in that movie. Um, there's all these things I wish were different about it. You know, I understand they couldn't get Sid Haig back because he was sick. May he rest in peace. 
I still just think replacing him with Richard Brake isn't bad on its face, but I almost wanted Richard Brake to be some other kind of character, like like a like a like Arliss Howard at the end of Natural Born Killers, <laughs> like like a yeah. like a super fan, you know, who having him just be like, oh, you're a half brother, okay, welcome, and then we move yeah. on, like it's the exact same thing. Yeah, he's kind of like Otis too. Yeah, there's no dynamic change to having him in the group, so that I find very frustrating. Um, but whatever, for whatever reason, I find the movie very very watchable, and it's on Shutter, and it's way too easy for me to just cue it up and play it so makes sense yeah i I, now that you've talked about it more i kind of do want to revisit it which i haven't since the fathom events screening that i went to it's a definite like knowing what you're in for makes it go down easier gotcha situation you know because again going into it knowing that it's the sequel to the devil's rejects there are very high expectations for me at least i'm guessing for you as well yeah yeah definitely or just you know i mean it was such a long time since the devil's rejects to three from hell at least i wanted it just to be significantly closer to like lords of salem than 31 it is not yeah, it's not. But um, <laughs> it speaking of Rob Zombie, I was like, there's this podcast that I've been listening to. It's like a YouTube podcast. So I was watching it and listening to it. And they were doing on this episode, like a rank of all the Halloween movies. And they all had Halloween 2, Rob Zombies, as the worst one. And I was like, I'm so upset by this. It's not even the worst Rob Zombie Halloween. No, no. I don't know. That movie's great. I agree. I I I even like his first one, but I will. Yeah, I like the first half. Yeah, I will clearly acknowledge like his sequel is a far better movie, uh, and I think a really good movie. I tried rewatching Halloween twenty eighteen, not too long ago, but I just wasn't like in the mood for it the night that I was watching it. But uh, that's another one I should probably revisit in October because I just saw it the one time. Yeah, me too. I yeah, need to. Yeah. I need to see it again as well. Yeah. All right. Oh man, scary movie month is upon us. It is upon us. Do you have a game plan? Uh, sort of. I mean, like I've got, I've got a list of stuff that I definitely want to get to, and I went on Amazon and rented ten movies over the weekend. Wow. Yeah. So I got those ready to go. So what can, what are some of them? Yeah, let's hear them. Yeah. Are these all um, 10 that you haven't seen? Mostly. Okay. Mostly. Yeah. Uh, um, Vamp. Okay. Uh, Man's Best Friend. Never seen it. Terror Train. Kind of fun if you know that you're watching a you know generic 80s slasher. Okay. Um, Death by Temptation. Never seen it, but I own it. Orphan, which I've seen but haven't seen since I've seen it. <laughs> right. Um, Ghost in the Machine. Never saw it. Bones, which I haven't seen since opening night in theaters. Okay, yeah. I, that's one that I plan to revisit in October as well. 976 Evil. <laughs> I always want to like it more than I do. Um, Motel Hell, which I haven't seen since a midnight show at the Music Box 15 years ago. I remember very little about it except that it has one of my favorite punchlines in all of horror movies. Yeah, that's a good... Yeah, I remember liking it. Yeah. Um, Warlock the Armageddon. Mm. 
I loved Warlock. So. Yeah, no, it's a it's a yeah. it's a pretty sharp come down from the original Warlock. Yeah. Um, session nine. A movie that many many people love. Mm-hmm. And maybe um, I'm not one. I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right. Is it Dagon or Dagon? Either one is acceptable. Okay. Yeah, that's one of my unseen Gordons. Okay. And then um, I got to keep the Hellraiser train going. So I'm done with all of the theatrical Hellraisers. So I'm going to, I think it's Inferno next. The Scott Derrickson one. Okay. I don't think I've seen it. Yeah. So that's, those are the ones I rented, but there's a few other ones. Like I've been saving the Dr. Sleep director's cut. Oh, that's a good idea. Uh, um, Altered States I haven't seen and want to see. I haven't either. And um, what was the other one? Fade to Black, which I know is on Shudder. I'm very excited about that. That's on our list. We've been, Erica and I have a Google Doc that we just send to each other every once in a while where we think of stuff that we know we want to watch in October. um, And Fade to Black is on there. Um, She has very generic, like, more Vincent Price. More spooky mm-hmm. castle movies, and I don't know <laughs> what to show her that takes place in a spooky castle. Um, so we're gonna watch some of those, but I don't. In terms of first time watches, I don't have a ton planned. Uh, I need to think of some because one of the ones that I knew I wanted to be a first time watch was the dorm that dripped blood, but then I couldn't wait, and we put that on the other night. And it's just okay. I have one that I think you might like. Okay. It's called Mirrors. I'm intrigued. Tell me more. Um, It's one of those movies where you look in a mirror and you don't just see your reflection. What? All right. Do I have you hooked? <laughs> Should I go on? What could you put? I mean, maybe. It depends, I guess, on who's in this movie. Um, are you a 24 fan by any chance? <laughs> you know what? I was Stephen Hopkins, uh, was a producer on that. Well, this movie was shot in 24 frames per second. <laughs> uh, does it you... star Kiefer Sutherland from the cowboy way? It does. Um, Amy smart from Dean Snyder's Strangeland is also in it. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, she she's in it. It's directed by I don't know how to pronounce his name. Um, Christopher Nolan. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I I think you should watch Mirrors this year. Maybe this will be the year that I actually do see Mirrors. Yeah, one I really want you and Mike to see, and we can't get together to watch it, but. It, I, I, I'm dying to is Rumpelstiltskin. I want to watch that with you guys. Yeah, we have to wait until we can actually watch, be in the same room to watch yeah. Rumpelstiltskin because it would just be 80 minutes of nonstop Mark Jones. Mm-hmm. I did watch I Mikey recently. $40 on the DVD. $40, Jesus Christ. Have you seen Mikey? I just watched that recently. I know I saw it uh, when it was on cable like back in the day. It's not great, but it's got Mimi Craven and Ashley Lawrence and, of course, mm-hmm. Brian Bonsall. Yeah, yeah. Of blank check fame. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a messed up movie. That's probably That movie's probably more messed up than Mikey. Uh, yeah, probably. I haven't seen it since I worked at Blockbuster, but I remember he, he and Karen Duffy, like, share a kiss, right? 
Yeah, well, they're basically lovers. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing weird about that. Nope. <laughs> Why do you want to do that? <laughs> there she is. Oh, girl, woman. He's just a little boy. <laughs> I just watched a movie recently that had her in the credits that I feel like... Is it popcorn? No. Summer school? No. It, she's in the credits, years? but I swear she never showed up. Oh. And I was I like, how was I was I felt really denied. I'm going to pull up her. You can keep talking because I'm going to pull up her IMDb to remember what this movie was. And it's like, maybe I blinked and missed her. Ugh. It might have been The Lost Boys because we did just see The Lost Boys. Yeah. Well, all right. While you're looking, um, I discovered that Cinemark is doing private watch parties for movies and it's like $150 and you could rent out a theater for up to 20 people to watch a new release. And I was thinking my, I put on my like going to the movies for 30 days in a row hat. And I was thinking, wouldn't it be funny if I rented out an entire theater for myself and then just watch like the broken hearts gallery (laughs) (laughs) and wrote about it. So I didn't have enough time because obviously we're going right into scary movie month soon, but that is a funny idea that I can just say on a podcast and not actually do. (laughs) Now the joke is about the same. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. I've been looking at the AMC app and sort of tempted to go because there's a lot of screenings where there's nobody in the theater where I'm just like, Oh, maybe I'll go see unhinged if nobody's in the theater. But then that's a lot of work to go see Unhinged. Plus, I'm just so annoyed with the marketing of Unhinged. Just like, do you have the balls to see Unhinged, you pussy? (laughs) That I don't ever want to give them any money. Yeah, the marketing for, like, Broken Hearts Gallery is just like, man, don't you want to return to normalcy and go see a movie with your friends and eat popcorn? And it's like, yeah, that's not the point. Right. (laughs) It's like, you dumbass. Right. There's a reason I'm not doing that. And it's yeah. not because I, there hasn't been a movie, you know. It's kind of amazing that the classy movie is New Mutants. <laughs> New Mutants is basically like, it's here. It's not a great idea. We're not going to ask you to see it, but it's here. We told you it existed. Yeah. See? Good for them. Yeah. I, you know, I would see New Mutants. But again, I'm not going to put myself at risk to see New Mutants. Right. There's a few uh, movies on streaming coming up that I'm looking forward to watching. What are they? Have you seen the trailer for the movie Ava with Jessica Chastain? Uh, yes. I think that's VOD. I think you're I'm right. Sure. I'm going to see it's the post- shit out of it. Yeah, it looks awesome. It looks like a Luke Besson leftover, but... I don't care because it's Jessica. It's, it gives me two hours to watch Jessica Chastain and Colin Farrell, and they're beating each other up. Sounds I'm into great. it. I'm into it. Yeah, especially now that I can't um, watch Haywire anymore. No, oh yeah, she's not having a good year, is she? Nope. No. Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> um, uh, I want to watch On the Rocks when that comes out on Apple TV Plus. I don't know that one. It's the new Sofia Coppola movie. Oh, okay. I do know that one. With Rashida Jones and Bill Murray. That's yeah. at the end of October. Okay. Um, the Trial of the Chicago 7. Sure. Uh, Rebecca. Yeah, Netflix movie, yeah. Hubie Halloween. 
Sure, I'm going to watch it for sure. It looks like I said this already on uh, as a joke to somebody, but it looks like the cinematographer was Candy Corn, <laughs> and I'm excited about that. I didn't actually watch the trailer. I just read like Adam Sandler has a family Halloween movie coming out, and I was like, yeah, we'll watch that as a as a family. Yeah, it looks like kind of fun. So I don't know, but I know like to go in with the lowest expectations, right? Um, I do want to see the Mortuary Collection, which I know that you reviewed. Yeah, it's good. That's going to be on Shudder. Um, I want to see Possessor. I really want to see Possessor. I'm excited about that one. Um, Cutthroat City is going to be on VOD. It was in theaters, but um, that movie looks pretty good, and it's got a crazy cast. I don't think I know that one. It's like a crime movie set during Hurricane Katrina, and it's got like Terrence Howard and Wesley Snipes and Ethan Hawke and Naiza Gonzalez. And so it's Brooklyn's Finest. Moore. It's basically the cast of Brooklyn's Finest <laughs> with fake Tupac from All Eyes on Me. Okay. So I'm just like, oh, Tupac's kind of in this. I'll see it. So I was excited about that. Um, I'm curious about Welcome to Sudden Death, which is like the sequel slash remake to Sudden Death with Michael Jai White. All right. And, of course... A movie I'm sure you and I will be talking about during the month of October. <laughs> yeah, we will. I pre-ordered the Blu-ray, baby. Tales from the Hood 3, because I'm the Tales from the Hood guy. I ordered the DVD because there was no Blu-ray. Then they announced a Blu-ray, mm-hmm. so I canceled the DVD. <laughs> now it's good, because I'm like, I gotta see this movie in all its cheap, high-def glory. Yeah. So, yeah, when that comes out, we'll have to do a podcast on it. We already have our other October podcast planned, but now you get two Adam podcasts in October. What if we just did, like, a supersized podcast that's, like, four hours long and I just mean, do Tales from the Hood right after that? We could. I'm just cheesing. Nobody wants to listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, So I, so you were looking something up. Yeah, I think it was Lost Boys. I don't remember okay. seeing her in Lost Boys, but her name is in the opening credits. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, and then in terms of like plans for Scary Movie Month, it's going to be different, obviously, because like there's no real like headliner horror movies to look forward to. Yeah. Like no Halloween yeah. Kills, no Candyman. So I'm sure I'll go to the drive-in if they've got any horror double feature, like at the one up in McHenry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And yeah, I, I think I'm going to just kind of go with the flow with the stuff that I've seen before, just whatever feels good in the moment. But I, the, the ones I named are definitely the, a lot of them are new to me that I want to, I want to watch. And there's several there that I have not seen, but the ones that I have seen, there's, there's some good ones there. And then like stuff like session nine, I feel like I'm in the wrong on session nine. I think it's just okay, but people swear by it. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what you think of it. Yeah. Oh, and fear.com. I have to watch fear.com. That's like my mirrors, basically. In theory, I would like to watch fear.com just out of allegiance to William Malone because I like House on Haunted Hill so much. Yeah. And he seems like such a nice guy, but I still have not seen fear.com. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, so unless you have something else you want to discuss first, we were talking about doing. No, you had a good, you had a good game planned. Yeah. We were talking about doing some F. Mary Kill of 2000s horror. Yes. So 
I'll start and give you three, and then we'll just switch off. Sound good? Sounds good. All right. So F. Mary Kill, Patrick Bromley. Yeah. Paranormal Activity 1. Okay. The Box. Oh. And Hostel Part 2. Oh, wow. Interesting. You turned into Owen Wilson on that one. <laughs> oh, wow. 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 What choices? Wow. Um, I like Paranormal Activity, but I'm going to kill it because I don't love found footage. I'm going to marry the box and I'm going to F Hostel Part 2. That seems right. Yeah. I don't think anybody would be happy in a marriage with Hostel Part 2. No, there's no way I would marry Hostel Part 2 because it's yeah. not great, but there's enough good stuff in it that I can F it. I remember watching it in theaters and thinking it was incredible, which I have no idea like what screening I was at, but it was the, <laughs> it was the best one. And then when I watched it on video, I was like, this isn't the movie I saw in theaters. And I had the opposite reaction. I like it more now than I did when I saw it in theaters because I actively, okay. I think, disliked it when I saw it. I was like, well, they learned all the wrong lessons from the first Hostel. But this I've, true. I've yeah. come around on it a lot, and there's a lot of things I like about it. Okay. Uh, this will probably be super easy for you, but uh, 13 Ghosts, House of Wax, Ghost Ship. Mary House of Wax. Um, I will F Ghost Ship and kill 13 Ghosts. I did not see that coming. I thought for sure really? you would kill Ghost Ship. I don't know. I've got like kind of a, a weakness when it comes to like the crew movie. Okay. So... And also, it's got Eldard in it. I was going to say, you got an Eldard weakness. Yeah, I do have an Eldard weakness. And that was like when he was still together with Juliana Margulies. And I just picture him on the set being like, Juliana? Juliana? <laughs> what time is the call at tomorrow? Aren't you excited about being on Ghost Ship? <laughs> That's a sweet Eldard. Thank you. Um, okay. Saw 4, Beast, and Land of the Dead. Uh, Mary, Land of the Dead, F, Feast, Kill, Saw 4. Okay. Um. By the way, Land of the Dead is yeah. better than its reputation. I've only seen it once. I saw it at the music box during a marathon, and I put it off for years, and I was like, this is actually not that bad. No, it's pretty good. It's, it's flawed. Um. But it's definitely pretty good. Yeah. Um, all right. Identity. Midnight Meat Train. And Open Water. Oh, this is a good one. <laughs> I'm going to kill Identity. Okay. Because of the twist. Yeah. I'm going Maybe to. Maybe that's F the twist in Antebellum. Hmm. I don't know. Oh, I don't know either. <laughs> um, I'm going to F open water. Okay. And I'm going to marry Midnight Me Train. Interesting. I really liked Midnight Me Train the one time I saw it at the music box during a marathon. <laughs> Yeah, I saw it there too, and I had like just watched it the week before because I didn't know it was going to be there. Yeah, and uh, so I saw Midnight Me Train like too many times, too close together, and I remember thinking it was okay. 
Okay. Can I tell you my my open water joke? I don't know what this podcast would be if you couldn't. Okay, good. Thank you for humoring me. I appreciate this. Um, so when I saw Open Water opening night with my friend Chris, we were sing. We came up with new lyrics to the song "Under the Sea" mm-hmm. for Open Water, and it was, "Out on the shore we laugh and play. Under the sea we pass away. <laughs> when you go boating, your body be floating under the sea." Very nice. Yeah. They should have licensed that for the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Open road. What the hell? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. You ready for your next one? I'm ready. Okay. High tension. All right. Seed of Chucky. All right. And Dawn on the Dawn on the Dead. <laughs> Dawn of the Dead 04. I will marry Dawn of the Dead 04, even though I don't like it as much as I used to. I will F Seed of Chucky, and I will kill High Tension. I've never seen High Tension. Is it bad? I don't think it's bad. There's actually a lot of stuff that's good in it. Uh, There's a twist that's real bad. And Mm. it's just not the kind of horror movie I'm generally into. It's much more of that, like, when they started trying to redo the whole, like, 70s real gritty grisly approach to horror the french extremism like there's a lot of stuff that's not super my bag but it's not bad i think it's worth seeing okay all right i might give it a shot and i know that guy went on to make <laughs> at least one tenet. other horror movie but i can't that's right it was tenet, <laughs> <That's Yeah>. right. <laughs> hey, tenet. uh all right the mist behind the mask the rise of leslie vernon Okay. The Ring. Uh, Marry the Mist, F, Find the Mask, and Kill the Ring. I think that's exactly what I would pick, too. Yeah, The Mist is one of my, definitely of the 2000s, one of my favorite horror movies. And The Ring, I think, is a one and done. I agree. I, I, yeah. I've talked before about The Ring. I, people love The Ring. I don't totally get it. Because I think once they watch the video, which I think is creepy, mm-hmm. everything after that doesn't work for me. But I also haven't seen it probably since whatever it came out, 2002? It was, yeah. yeah. So I don't, I haven't seen it in almost 20 years. I'm due yeah. for a revisit, but I never feel like revisiting it. I have a good story about the weekend The Ring came out, Let's or the weekend that I saw The Ring. Hear it. it when I was I was in college and my girlfriend came to visit me and like when she would visit me for the weekend, we would see a bunch of movies. So we saw The Ring one night and then the next night we were going to see either Punch Drunk Love or Ghost Ship. And I had heard like how great the opening of Ghost Ship was, but I couldn't find a way to like go check out the opening of Ghost Ship. So I said, I'm going to go get popcorn. And she's like, okay. And then I got up and I just went into the auditorium for Ghost Ship and I lost myself and I was there for like 15 minutes. (laughs) And then when I came back, she's just like, where were you? And I'm like, man, the line was long. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. She was okay with the ring, but other than that, like this relationship was not meant to be because she was very anti-horror. Oh yeah, that's not going to work. Yeah, I had to hide... um, 
House of a Thousand Corpses from her. I I own the blue I own the DVD, but I didn't have a lot of DVDs at the time, so like they were all in one spot. So I hid it in what I called my sin drawer because it had like <laughs> my cigarettes in there. Cigarettes. <laughs> I used I would smoke every once in a while back then. So I had cigarettes and then I had, you know, other stuff that you would put in the sin drawer. <laughs> House of a Thousand Corpses. Like copies of House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, let's do a couple more. All right. Um, okay. Texas Chainsaw remake. Okay. Underworld. Texas Chainsaw, Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake, like with Jessica Biel? Yes. Okay. Uh, Underworld and Red Dragon. (laughs) You hate me. Um, (laughs) I'll marry Red Dragon. I'll F the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and I'll kill Underworld. I didn't know you hated all three of these movies so much. <laughs> I'm not. I mean, Red Dragon, I kind of like, I think. Okay. Uh, I'm probably due for a rewatch, but uh, I'm not a big fan of the other two. Gotcha. What would you do? Okay. Um, I would probably marry Red Dragon and then F Underworld, I guess, because I've never seen it. And I would kill uh, Texas Chainsaw because I hate it. Yeah, I don't like it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Shaun of the Dead, Zombieland, 28 Days Later. I would marry Shaun of the Dead, F, 28 Days Later, and so kill Zombieland. <laughs> so kill it. <laughs> Hate Zombieland. Oh, for real? Yeah, not my thing. Okay. I really don't like it. For every, <laughs> like, joke that worked for America, it was a joke that repulsed me. <laughs> I have no feelings towards Zombieland at all, so I'm fascinated that you. It was like it. the longest 80 minutes of my life. How was... have I never learned this about you? I don't know. Yeah, even you know my girls in it, and even that wasn't enough. And my guys in Abigail it. Abigail like Breslin too. No. Oh, that was dumb. <laughs> She's in Mirrors. <laughs> oh. Um. Okay. I got two more for you. Okay. Um, Jason X, Blade Two, and Joyride. This is a tough one. Um, I'm gonna marry Blade Two. I'm gonna f Jason X, and I'm gonna kill Joyride. Even though I like Joyride. Joyride's good. Yeah, yeah, but it's a tough one. That's yeah. a tough choice. Can't do it. I can't do it. What would you do there? Um, I would probably marry Joyride. F Blade 2 kill Jason X even though I like Jason X. Oh wow. 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 All right. <laughs> um this will probably be easy for you. All right. Devil's Rejects. Mhm. The Others. House of the Devil. Oh god. Um Mary, House of the Devil. I figured. Uh, F, Devil's Rejects, Kill the Others. Okay. I didn't know if the Others would place higher just because of Kidman. Well, if, if it was just Kidman and not the Others, then <laughs> I would probably marry Kidman. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's just aspirational. Aspirational. Median? What is <laughs> I can't say words anymore. Median. 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 It's not Median. Right. It's Midian. <laughs> <laughs> 
speaking of which, are you going to any of those music box drive-ins? They all they all start pretty late. Yeah, uh, and yeah. we can't. We really... got Texas Chainsaw too. One I know, and I've never seen that on the big screen, so I would love to, but with we can't bring the kids and we can't get babysitters. So we're kind yeah, of stuck. True. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. There wasn't any that like really grabbed me because like when it's like 30, 40 bucks, it's right. gotta, it's gotta be a draw. I I'll want, just go all 31 nights. I wanted, to, <laughs> I wanted to see Texas Chainsaw too. And I want to see the stylist, but yeah, neither one is going to happen. Yeah. Okay. All right. Here's your last one for okay. me. Okay. All right. Um, the Wicker Man remake. <laughs> okay. Uh, My Bloody Valentine remake. Oh. And Cursed. Wow. Okay. Uh, I'm going to marry the My Bloody Valentine remake. I'll F the Wicker Man just because of Cage, and I'll kill Cursed. Okay. By the way, I kind of, like, not just sort of like, but like really like the wicker man remake <laughs> all right i know that and it's not like i align myself with neil labute's ideologies in any way <laughs> but i think it's a really creepy movie in a different way that the wicker man 70s is creepy i need to see it again yeah i don't know i right. dig it here's, here's my last one for you right. <sighs> cabin fever mm-hmm. death proof Mm-hmm. The Descent. Okay. And it's it's, a, it's the full death proof. It's not Grindhouse death proof. Correct. Okay. Oh, God. This is tough. I'm going to... I'm going to kill death proof. Wow. And then I'm going to F... The Descent and Mary Cabin Fever. All right. If it was the Grindhouse cut of Death Proof, I would probably at least F it. Sure. But I don't know. That's like my second least favorite Tarantino. The least favorite being? It'll break your heart, so I'm just going to abstain from telling you. Oh, no. Is it Hateful Eight? Yeah. 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 I like it, but it's the closest to being like, a three out of four for me than like a four out of four. Got it. So. Hateful Eight is a real three from hell for me. I can, <laughs> I can watch it anytime. <laughs> I can watch it anytime too. Like, you know what the weird thing is? I think Hateful Eight was the one I saw in theaters the most. And I saw it like six or seven times. Holy cow. But it's still my least favorite. <laughs> well, this was a fun game. Thank you for coming up with it. Yeah, you're welcome. I remember when I went to see Hateful Eight one of the times at Alamo Draft House in Austin. They had a themed menu for the movie, mm-hmm. and you could have gotten Minnie's stew. Oh wow! And the, and I ordered it, and then they came back and they're just like, "We actually don't have it," and it was so disappointing. Yeah, that's real shitty. Yeah, I'm sorry. So, that was a bummer. But later, like. Back in January, when I went when I went to an Alamo Draft House, they had um, the It Chapter Two Bloody Milkshake, and it was the greatest thing I've ever had. Oh, ever. right on! Yeah, good stuff. But better, that's better than It Chapter Two, thing. unfortunately. Yeah, have you rewatched that? Not yet. Okay. Yeah, Maybe I only saw it the one time in theaters. I saw it twice in theaters, and then not haven't seen it since. So. Okay. 
Maybe hmm. that'll be something I watch in October. Hopefully you guys all will join us for Scary Movie Month. It's our favorite time of year around F This Movie, so make sure that you participate in the Scary Movie Challenge and listen to all the extra shows we do and read the site every day because there's going to be all kinds of great horror movie stuff. Make sure you kick the month off by listening to our very special commentary track title to be announced at a later date. Um, but thanks again, Adam. This was super fun. Thanks. In Medellin, this is how we eat a French fry. Thanks for listening to FS Movie.